Illini game day coverage continues on your flagship home for fighting Illini athletics. News Talk 1400, WDWS, and Light Rock 97.5, WHMS. Now, it's your turn on the Fasteners Etc. postgame show. Fasteners Etc. is your partner in inventory management. Call us on the PNC Bank phone line, 217-356-9397, or text us on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 217-351-5357. Now, the Fasteners Etc. postgame show with your hosts, Tim Dittman and Michael Kaiser. Here's the kickoff, back to get it is Dre Brown. Runs it up to the 10, to the 15, to the 20. Still on his feet, 25, 30. Brown still going 40, 50, and they trip him up by his shoelace at midfield, or he might have been gone. One of the bright spots today for the Fighting Illini, Dre Brown in the kick return game. He had four returns for 125 yards, along of 50 there that you just heard from Brian Barnhart and Martin O'Donnell. Illinois falls to Northwestern 42-7 in the regular season finale, senior day at Memorial Stadium. Illinois finishes 2-10 and on the season. This is the Fasteners Etc. postgame show. I am Tim Dittman. Michael Kaiser will be alongside shortly. You know how to reach us. The PNC Bank fan line is 356-9397. The Castle Heating and Cooling text line is 351-5357. Hit us up on Twitter using the hashtag PNCBankAlini. We go to the phones to start. First up is Peter in Urbana. Hey, Peter, what's on your mind? Hi, guys. Um, uh, it, it'll be interesting to see uh, first game next season who's starting quarterback because I, I think it's become apparent that we just we don't have one on the current roster. And so I, it's going to be interesting to see whether uh, this coaching staff is going to be willing to play one of the freshmen coming in as, as quarterback, uh, especially um, uh, uh, the uh, player down in Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm, I'm blanking I, on his I, name, I, too, I, I, but I know who you're talking about. Right, um, MJ, I can't remember the last name. But anyway, um, because he's having a monster season down there. and uh, Because I, I don't know if you can afford to start the season with uh, and have it somehow uh, tinged by the play we have at quarterback in terms of our current roster. I mean, it was good to see Cam Thomas play the entire game to see what you have. And what you have is you know, a quarterback that really cannot throw the ball, um, a la Aaron Bailey. I think that, I think that you know, I think he's limited in that regard. I think he's... You know, a, a, a you know good potential runner, get a better offensive line. You know, he could do a lot more. But I think uh, passing wise, I, I just don't see it there. I mean, the decision making was just as bad as some of Jeff George Jr.'s decision making today. So, so again, I I am really interested to see what we're going to do with that position because um, I, it's it's critical. Obviously, I think you can see across the country that uh, you know you have no quarterback, you have no chance to win uh, at all, and. And I, 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 I really was interested in Florida State season because with all the talent Florida State has, they had a freshman quarterback who was learning on the job, and it was uh, the reason why they were six and sixteen this year is because of the quarterback play. So I don't know what you guys think about that, but I, I'm I, I'm I'm really positive about the season in terms of the recruiting coming up and 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 this team getting better. But I think that has that that is a key question that has to be answered next year. 
Peter, I agree with you. That's something I've been wondering, quite frankly, all season is what Illinois is going to do next year at quarterback. you got three quarterbacks, really four, that we saw this year. Three for a significant uh, amount of time. Uh, no disrespect to, to Cam Miller. Uh, but the three we saw this year for extended periods of time were I would say slightly above average quarterbacks, not really game-changing quarterbacks, at least in my estimation. So where does Lovey Smith go? Does he play one of the true freshmen coming in, either Taylor out of Peoria or the gentleman out of Texas, who I apologize, I'm, I'm blanking on his name. Uh, does he try to get a, a transfer quarterback in here like he attempted to do with Dwayne Lawson, and that didn't work out for one reason or another? I don't know, but Illinois has got to get a game-changer in there at signal caller. I agree with you there, Peter. Let's take another call here, and we go to Rich in Tolono. He's next up. Hey, Rich, how are you? I'm great. How are you doing? Not bad. i got to disagree a little bit with Peter because until that offensive line is is up to par and stronger and older, I don't know what kind of passing game you really have. Uh, These guys could be an answer, but time will tell. The offensive line's just got to get better. I agree with you there, too, Rich, and I don't want to make it seem like I'm going to agree with every caller tonight, but there are just a lot of things that Illinois has to improve on. Certainly you saw some bright spots from some of the younger guys, but you you can't, even if you have an incredible quarterback back there, if the offensive line is not going to give them any time to work, uh, right. I, I agree with you. You're not going to be able to get much done. In fact, just reading up on Northwestern coming into this game, just looking at some of the media reports, it was a constant theme that I saw that their defensive line, talking defensive line here, not offensive line, was one of the more consistent units of the year. And as soon as I read that, I went, oh, gulp. You know, this is going to be a rough day for Cam Thomas, and he ended up getting sacked four times today. So, yep, certainly room to Go ahead, Rich. My glass stays half full. My glass stays half full, Tim. Hey, Rich, usually we ask uh, our fans for uh, Dick Van Dyke defining moments of the game, but since this is the final game of the year, any uh, defining moments of the season for you? The When the player got kicked out of the game, it just showed the inexperience and the immaturity uh, of this crew, and it, it's, it's time to grow up. Rich, appreciate the phone call. Take care. And, you know, that's another thing when I said at the outset that Illinois underperformed this year. Lovey Smith likes to talk about, okay, from week one to week two, that's when you see the most improvement. Well, it's now the 12th game of the year, week 13, you know, counting the bye week, and we're still seeing these dumb penalties. I mean, you really can't call them anything else. Dumb, undisciplined stuff. And then if you want to, you know, look a few games back, you know, the the uh, too many men on the field coming out of a timeout, I don't remember exact game that was. And Lovey Smith after that one said, hey, that's on me. You know, whether he's covering for his players or his fellow coaches, I don't know. But it's just stuff. I get that these guys are, are underclassmen and Illinois is playing a lot of freshmen, but just late in the season to still have those sort of mistakes, I, I just don't get it. And that's one of the big reasons to me why I think Illinois did not play up to their potential this way. I, I had them pegged for three to five wins. Obviously, they ended up with two, which was a regression from last year. Anyway, I'd be curious to see what fans think on that. Back to the PNC Bank fan line. This is Tom and Muhammad. Hey, Tom. Hey, how's it going? Not bad. Hey, thanks for taking my call. I won't take up too much of your time, but... Just a couple of observations. Uh, 
hats off to the punter. He had a heck of a season. Darn right he did. I hate to say that our punters may be our MVP um, consistently. Um, but the thing that, I, that really concerns me is not only the depth of our team. I know we played a lot of freshmen, but some of the offensive uh, plays that were called did not enhance our opportunities for freshmen to do much. And if, if, if they're doing that because if they don't know enough of the playbook, maybe they need to go outside and find somebody that's got a, a coaching plan book or playbook that's uh, conducive for these kids. I can think of a couple that, that high school coach at uh, Rochester's got a hell of an offense. Well, I don't know if Lovey Smith's going to go to the high school ranks anytime soon for a major Division One school. I, I, that's near unheard of. I don't. I don't say hire the guy, but maybe take a look at what he, how his kids execute a great playbook, and maybe try and infuse some of those thought processes into the into the offense. Because this stuff where you pull pull a ball away from a running back and then try and do a one man sweep without a lead blocker and getting hammered for three and five yard losses. And he is continuing doing that today. Was I'm like, you got to have more of an offense. Well, I appreciate you thinking uh, outside the box there, Tom. I don't know if that's something Lovey Smith is going to do, but I appreciate your your glass half full attitude and your willingness to try new things. Yeah, I think we're going to have a good team in the future. I just think maybe they need to give the kids a little bit more of a chance with some better play selection. Tom, appreciate the phone call. Thank you. That's Tom checking in from Muhammad. I'd be curious to know what fans think not only about this season, but also next season. And I know it's really early. You know, the dust hasn't even settled on 2017. But in 2018, what are you expecting from fighting Illini football? Are you expecting another two-win season? Are you expecting three to five wins like I expected this year? Are you even expecting Illinois to get this six-win plateau? I'm looking at that personally in 2019. But uh, curious to know what you think. Can Lovey turn the corner next year, or are we realistically looking at 2019 for this team to be in ball games? Thanks, Tom, for the phone call. We go to the Castle Heating and Cooling text line. And let's see here. 217 Texter says, another pathetic display. Well, can't really dispute you on that one. CJ in the 217. Uh, Miller should have gone in at quarterback. Nothing to lose and good experience. I don't know about that. I think the only reason you played Cam Miller uh, last week was because you absolutely had to. Uh, based on what we knew at the time, George and Thomas were still getting over their injuries, and obviously Chase Crouch got knocked out of the ball game, so you had no choice but to go for deep. Benny on the text line says, I'll never accuse the Illini of quitting, but I thought they'd make a good showing against the Wildcats when the chips were down. 901 Texter says, what an embarrassing crowd. Looked terrible on TV. Uh, I mean, what did you expect? Honestly, this is two days after Thanksgiving. It's a holiday weekend. People are out visiting with family on trips. The students are on break. There was about, oh, I'd probably say 100 students in the north end zone. And I'm not trying to knock them. I mean, that's what I expected to happen. Um and Illinois is not a good ball ball club this year. There's really not a whole lot to cheer about. Let's go to a Dick Van Dyke defining moment of the game, shall we? Hi, this is Dennis Rican, president of Dick Van Dyke Appliance World. It's time for our offensive moment of the game. Wow! 
as we welcome Michael Kaiser into the conversation. He just got finished up with his postgame duties at Memorial Stadium. Uh, offensive moment of the game for me, well, there wasn't a whole lot on Illinois' side. But I guess if I have to play one highlight, I'll play Illinois' touchdown. Third down and two, they'll call it. From the 23 of Northwestern, no score. Midway through the first quarter, handoff. Keeper, Thomas, running it. He's open, and a touchdown! A fake handoff. Thomas splits the seam, runs it up the middle. Touchdown, Illinois. Cam Thomas with a beautiful fake to Brown. Runs it in from 24 yards. And the Illini are on the board, 6-0. Cam Thomas today, nearly the leading rusher for Illinois. If you look at net yards, he was just behind Dre Brown. Dre Brown had 51. Cam Thomas had 46. Cam Thomas threw the air, 14 of 31, and two picks. He was sacked four times. He threw for 139 yards. Michael Kaiser joins us now. Michael, I don't know if you can find an offensive defining moment of the game there, but I'll open it up to you. Well, I would I would agree probably because it was the only touchdown. Right. I th- the play, a player two that preceded that was the Dre Brown. I, I believe he ran it from 31 yards in. And uh, there was a holding call on, hmm, I forgot the receiver. Who was the receiver that had a holding call on on that exact play? I forgot who it was for the Illini, which brought back the touchdown. Thankfully, the Illini still scored a touchdown. But after that, there just wasn't uh, many offensive highlights to the game whatsoever. I mean, it just, you know, can't move the ball. You can't score. And Northwestern has a really good defense, and I understand that. Yep. But really not even today's game, but overall, to not even be able to score 26 points in college football is near impossible. It's college football um, at some point, especially against the teams that begin the season who aren't very good. I, I'm just I'm hard, having a hard time understanding how you just can't score all season long. And that, that was just the story of the year. I get the offensive line issues. I get the quarterback issues, and that really makes it hard for you. Not going to win many games when you score that few points. That's for sure. That's a Dick Van Dyke appliance world defining moment of the game. Let's get you our first check of our Body and Soul Sports scoreboard. These are brought to you by Body and Soul Sports at Route 45 and Curtis Road in Savoy. Check of the Big Ten scoreboard. Wisconsin remains unbeaten. 31 to nothing winners today over Minnesota. Minnesota finishes at 5-7, and seven, so barring a 5-7 and seven bowl berth, it looks like P.J. Fleck will not be going to the postseason in his first season with the Gophers. Ohio State gets by Michigan in the game, 21-20, and their playoff hopes are still alive. They're at 10-2, and two, and it'll be Ohio State and Wisconsin in the Big Ten title game next week. Penn State clobbers Maryland 66-3. Penn State finishes the regular season at 10-2. Michigan State, no problem with Rutgers, 40-7. Michigan State finishes at 9-3. Purdue, in a battle of teams looking to get to Big Ten wins, goes the way of the Boilermakers over in-state rival Indiana, 31-24. rather to 24. Purdue finishes at 6-6. Six six. Jeff Brom will go bowling in his first year with the Boilermakers. I know, right? I heard Brian say that, and I because I, I, I knew that was possible, and I heard Brian say that during the broadcast tonight. I'm just like, wrap your head around that. The Purdue Boilermakers, who have been at the bottom with Illinois for some time in the Big Ten, are going to a bowl game. It's got to be that XFL experience, right, from yeah. Jeff Brown? You have that clip. That's still the Don't thing. have it handy, but uh, <laughs> I, I think it. everyone knows what we're talking <laughs> yeah, about. That's fantastic. Iowa beats Nebraska 56-14. to 14. Iowa 7-5. and five. Nebraska finishes at 4-8, and eight, and Mike Riley gets the hook. 
Although, based on what I saw on uh, Twitter and on the media reports, he, was, he took it well, classy. I'm sure he's, he's a little ticked, but he, he, he was classy and heading out. When you get a news conference after you're fired, is there most of the time, unless you're a complete jerk, um, and if you are, you're probably not, the school isn't going to allow you to have a news conference on their property if you're a complete jerk uh, when you're being fired. And so that's just the way they do it. I think you know, Ron Zook did that when he was fired here. It's true. Tim Beckman obviously wasn't given that opportunity when he was fired because it was under different circumstances. Uh, Bill Cubitt, um, was he, did he speak? After he was fired, I don't believe he no. did. And he's a really classy guy. He just—I mean—it was just a unique, weird situation. And Lovey was hired two days later. Right. Um, but that's the only way to go. But I mean, Mike Riley is a classy guy. But I mean, what else is he going to do? Yeah, I just—I just don't think he was the guy that was going to take Nebraska to the promised land. From the moment that hire happened, I went, "What in the world are they doing?" Or no, he's a, he's a ten win se- ten win season at Oregon State. I think two or three nine win seasons at Oregon State, an eight win season, a few seven win seasons. Yeah, I think it was ninety three and eighty at Oregon State. That's pretty good. I mean, I remind you, that's Oregon State. I mean, right. or no, it was eleven years ago when Oregon State won eleven and ten games. But that's still really hard to do. When's the last time Illinois won ten games? A lot longer than eleven years ago. That was the nine wins in the Rose Bowl season. So. I mean, he's a good coach. Uh, was Coach Josh Whitman, the athletic director at in, in the NFL at San Diego? Uh, so Josh has a close relationship with with Mike Riley. But I just questioned that hire from the beginning. I didn't understand it, and this ended the way I expected it to end. But people need to remember that our Nebraska fans, Brian in Nebraska, if you're listening, uh, he probably knows this. Um, they're delusional. That program is not any good, and it hasn't been Nebraska good in 20 years. I mean, and but yet it's. I love the fan support at the games. You still get sellouts. Yeah, it's three hundred and fifty some straight sellouts, and I have it in front of me because I, you know, if they have it when if you go to their stadium, they have it up on the, the one of the boxes on the other side, and they change the number at the in the in every game, and it's like people are still going, and they're not that good. And it's, I mean, I saw a picture of yesterday's game, and they were losing by, you know, 4,000 points, and it was just packed still. So, Fasteners, et cetera, post-game show rolls on. Jeremy on the phone line. We'll get to you coming up. Jesse Brown checks in at tailback. And a couple of tight ends in motion. Under center. Quarterback turns. Gives it to him. Beers to the left. 10, 5, touchdown, Northwestern. That was the final Northwestern score of the ball game, and our game day producer, Evan Kahn, in our log of highlights uh-huh. here, logged that one as one more Northwestern touchdown. Enough already. <laughs> Enough already. Thanks to Evan for helping us out. 42-7 to seven is the final. Illinois finishes the regular season at 2-10. and 10. Northwestern with nine wins. They'll be going to an ice bowl, a chance for a 10-win season. Fasteners, et cetera, postgame show on Light Rock 97.5 WHMS. Volleyball on our AM side, News Talk 1400, the Illini and Ohio State. I am Tim Dittman in for Scott Beatty. Michael Kaiser is alongside. PNC Bank fan line 356-9397. Castle Heating and Cooling text line 351-5357. On Twitter, use the hashtag PNC Bank Illini. Back to the PNC Bank fan line, and that's where we find Jeremy in Champaign. Jeremy, what do you think of the game today? Hey, guys, I just got a quick question for you. Um, you know, I've been very definitive of the A's. 
of the Illini. Um, I thought, honestly, if we won two games this year, that would be a pretty good season for us. However, watching what happened today at Northwestern, we just never saw our team get better. What I'm afraid of is it's going to take us hiring an NFL coach like Levy Smith just to get our team mediocre. I'm watching Auburn, Alabama. I'm an iFund donor, alumnus, donor, donor to the university. People are like, hey, what are you doing for the line game today? And I was like, I don't even care if there is no line game today. And I think that's the worst compliment you, or worst thing you can ever say about your program is if you're a donor and your fan base don't care. And it was very evident by what you saw in the student section today where there was more people rushing the field on the Auburn game today than were in the entire stands at the Atlanta game today. It's just, it's pathetic. And what I'm afraid of is it's going to take Lovey Smith to make us six and six or seven and five. And if that's the case, what does that say about this program? Because this is just, this is bad. And this is just, I mean, this is a fan base that's just sick. And why would I keep donating to a scholarship fund if the best I can hope for is 500 and maybe once every 20, 25 years get lucky and maybe go the Rose Bowl because Michigan and Michigan State are going to the national championship game on the one-off year that the Rose Bowl isn't the national championship game. That's that's my thought. I mean, we're just we're, – we're not relevant. Will we ever in our lifetime – Ever, are we just eternal Cub fans? Or <laughs> well, the Cubs eventually won the World Series. Yeah, not in our lifetime. I mean, barely in our lifetime. I, I get. I'm. I'm making a joke. I get your point, Jeremy. Well, I, as far as the students are concerned, they're not here, uh, and they're not going to go home for Thanksgiving on Thursday and then come back for a game on Saturday. Uh, frankly, if the team was ten and one, I don't think students are coming back a couple days early to make it today's game and kickoff. I just don't think they are. Um, and some students would, but I don't think you're going to see a student section full on a Thanksgiving break. And it's just, you know, it's just unfortunate that's the way football is. And it's, But as far as the rest of the stands are concerned, I mean, the, the attendance was announced. Uh, you know, you know, a lot of stats and notes never put it out if you noticed him, mm-hmm. uh, which they always do. Uh, but it was all over Twitter. There was 30,000. That's paid attendance. Tickets sold. That's right. tickets sold. That's not actual attendance. What turnstile, I could not, I did not look in front of me because we are in the press box, and so I couldn't really see down on the west side. But from the horseshoe and the nearly completely empty uh, where the students normally sit, and on the east side, I mean, I'm going to guess, without looking at the west stands, Illinois might have played in front of 12,000 fans today. I think that might be a little generous. And I'm just saying the only reason I'm even saying that number is because I could not see the West stands from my viewpoint without hanging way out of the press box. And I didn't care enough to do that. Um, As far as as the point about what is this, what is the ceiling for this Illini team? I, I, the caller, I think if I'm understanding him correctly, was making the point that maybe six, seven wins is the ceiling for this program. I, I don't see that. I mean, I, I agree with him that I think Lovey Smith's about the best Illinois can do in terms of getting a head coach unless you have a dump truck full of money that you want to back up to somebody's house. I, I agree that Illinois, uh, that Lovey's about the best Illinois can get, and if the Lovey experiment doesn't work out, then I don't know where this uh, football program is going to be long-term. But to say that Illinois will never one day be consistently winning eight, nine games, I'm not ready to go there yet. They haven't in their history, ever. 
like on a consistent year in and year out basis, like Wisconsin style. Like it's just it's never happened. Uh, now, if you, everybody remembers, Wisconsin was really, really bad, and then Brett, not Brett Bielema, he got fired yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, Barry Alvarez, who's the AD who hired Brett Bielema, completely turned that thing around. Now it's just a machine up in Madison, Wisconsin. Illinois has never won eight, nine games on a regular basis. I mean, they've had, since the 2001 season with the Sugar Bowl, Kerry Davis, who's on the broadcast for us, uh, his last season was 2003, and they went 1-11. Since that time, Illinois has won nine win seasons since the Sugar Bowl. So the Sugar Bowl of 2001, 16 years ago, was the last nine or more wins for the Illini. And they've only, the most wins they've had, it was in 2007, Illinois won nine. The most since then, they've had seven twice. And we can go way, way back. I mean, it's just the history of Illinois football in terms of long-term success just isn't there. They made four straight bowl games in the late 80s and early 90s under Makovic. Right. That, but since then, there has been, like, not very many bowl games. And it's – I think the fans would like to see consistent bowl games, but I think it's more about – maybe not – it's not about wins and losses for me. It's the competitiveness that isn't there uh, year in and year out at times. But this season, I I don't even care about this season. I stopped caring about this season once Illinois started playing Power 5 teams because I knew what – you know, the coaching staff was dealing with. And Josh said it best earlier this week. Um, you know, I'm going on a big long rant here, but if, if you can put great 18 year old kids out on the field and they are going to get whipped by average 22 year old kids because they're better, because they, they're better college football players because they've been playing for three or four years, they're smarter because they've been out there, they're stronger, and they're just faster from being in a college football weightlifting program. A lot of kids that played were playing high school football a year ago at this time, more than maybe not because the season's probably over. Cam Thomas wasn't because his team wasn't any good. Um, but my point is these guys are playing high school football just over a year ago, and you're going to get smacked in the Big Ten if you're half your roster is, is freshmen. That's just the way it is. And so I'm not surprised by this. Uh, I would just wish the scores were a little closer, but this is what I expected. I I was hoping for three or four wins this year, but I never thought a bowl game was remotely possible. No, I don't think a lot of people did. Back to the no. PNC Bank fan line. Ron in Champagne has been hanging on. Sorry for the wait, Ron. Let's uh, hear what you have to say. Hey. Good evening, guys. Uh, well, you guys said basically all I really wanted to say, except uh, a few years back when we had Ron Zook and everybody was calling for his head, I, I thought that we kind of unfairly let him go when he was he was consistently winning. I mean, he wasn't he wasn't a big time winner, but at least he had us winning games, going to a few bowl games, putting guys in the pro, you know, in the uh, NFL. You know, he was he was doing a fairly good job. But here again, you think that that's not enough. You want more, and you end up firing a guy, and then you had to start all over again. And then you this hired- guy wasn't good enough, and then you. You said start all over again, and then this guy wasn't good enough. And he had to start over all over again. There's no consistency with what we do here, and that's why that's why we don't have a consistently winning program. I'm 65 years old, and I can't ever re- remember Illinois on, just on a very few occasions being a really a consistent winner over the course of maybe five years. I can't remember. Well, I will tell you that you know. Ron's look at the end. Yeah, he had a lot of players go to the league, um, but for whatever reason, he just 
couldn't put that together on the field. I mean, I, I don't have the number in front of me, but I, there was a lot of players off of his teams when he was here in Champaign that went to the NFL, and some of them are still in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were some players off Tim Beckman's team that went to the NFL. Some of those were Ron Zook's players. But the recruiting was falling off at the end of Ron, Zook ten, Ron Zook's tenure. Now, he made back-to-back bowl games. Uh, they won both of those bowl games. However, he did not coach in the Kraft Fight Hunger Bowl. Uh, which is something it's now something else i think i don't think that's the name of it anymore i'm not sure but he got fired and and they brought in tim beckman and you know sometimes when you bring in a new ad and this is not a slide against mike thomas or anything like that when you bring in a new ad they just they want their own guy and they see any reason to make a change and losing six straight games after starting six and oh is what did ron zook in i think got a new ad he's looking for a reason to get his guy and then you lose six straight regular season games looked lifeless against Minnesota in the final regular season game of that season. And it cost him his job. And I, and I think that uh, the guy he was totally right, the caller, the lack, lack of consistency in the coaching staff. You're not going to win if you're changing coaches every three or four years. This is what drives me crazy when fans are calling for coaches to be fired. And no one's doing that for Lovey. I hope not. No, and well, and that was going to be my point. Yeah. You would hope that that this is the start of some consistency. You may seem to see some assistant coaches gov- yeah, come yeah, and go, but if you take Lovey at his word, he wants to be here for a while. Yeah, I think I, I think that uh, if he's not, I mean, I, and I think fans be ready for next year. I don't think next year is the year that you should get excited about either. I think they have a chance to win some more games. The schedule is very favorable compared to maybe this year. Penn State's the only one that just blows you away when you go, wow, okay, Penn State, that's not fair. But 2019 is the season. If guys stay healthy, if guys don't leave, if they can rectify the quarterback situation and the offensive line, which I think all are very doable. I think, they, you know, MJ Rivers coming in, Corin Taylor coming in if his grades hold up. Uh, I, I think, you know, with Cam Thomas, I think – some of the stuff can be corrected with more experience. Cam Thomas, yeah, he didn't look good. I, you know, I heard Peter call in earlier. He didn't, or whoever it was, they, they, yeah, he didn't look good. But he's a freshman who doesn't know how to read defenses because in high school you don't read defenses. And from what I've, what I've heard, he was running for his life all the time because he had no offensive line in high school. So until you learn to read defenses at a quarterback, you're not going to look good out there. And so I think 2019 is the season where I, I, I hate to skip a season. And I'm not completely off riding off next season. I'd love to see a bowl next season. Mm-hmm. But I think in 2019, if we're still having a lot of issues and struggling to get to five and six wins, then I think there's a conversation to be had about where is this program at. Back to the phones. We go to Stan in Tuscola. Is this who I think it is, Stan? Uh, it may be. Uh yeah, last time I called the call-in show was when Pierre Thomas played. That's the only time I've called the show in the life. So uh, I just wanted to call and make a couple comments about the football program. Sure. Go for uh, it. You know, I think I hear comments that they didn't play up to their expectations. You know, maybe they did. Uh, I sit around and look at fifth-year seniors. Our, we're playing nearly 80% freshmen, and everybody knows this, but do they really comprehend what that is? They're playing, that would be like a freshman in high school playing a freshman Illinois football player. Well, my goodness, you know what's going to happen. Or it's a fifth-grade JFL guy playing fresh, soft football in a high school. You know, just because they're there, they've, they've never been, unless they came in early in January, they've never been in a college weight room for over a few hours because they have restricted lifting hours now during the season. But, you know, maybe they did play as good as they can play, but I don't think there's a coach in the United States or the world that we could have hired that would have won any more games than we did this year except maybe one. So I think people... (laughs) And who's that? 
Oh, I, I'm not sure. Nick Saban? Nick Bill S- Belichick? Uh, those. Yeah, it might take one of those, but... You still win two games Alabama this year. Can be, Alabama can get beat today, too, so... Right. But it's just, you know, as long as the coaches and everybody that's around the program says the kids are practicing hard, may, maybe you're getting what they got. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm saying they're all going to be Big Ten performers by the time they graduate. We need we got to get better players, that's for sure. But, you know, with what we got, we've got what we've got, and the recruiting hasn't been great. But, you know, just, you know, I think we all just got to lighten up a little bit and give them that third year like you're talking about 2019. And then we'll probably have some good basis on some better opinions, I think. Hey, Stan, good to hear from you. We got a couple callers waiting, but we appreciate you checking in on the PNC Bank fan line down there in Tuscola. One thing I will add is I don't think anyone anticipated Illinois playing all these freshmen this year. So when you factor that in, yeah, maybe they did perform about as well as they could. But coming into the season, I think the ceiling was a little higher. We go to Josh in Champaign on the PNC Bank fan line. Josh, thanks for waiting. Go ahead. Sure. Hey, guys. I think Ron was right on earlier about the uh, the Ron Zook comments because uh, there was no reason probably really doesn't get rid of Ron Zook other than the fact that Mike Thomas got hired. But when we talk about how the students are gone and the student section is empty, I watched plenty of rivalry games today where the stadiums were full. And so I don't think that's a very good example to say the students are gone, and so that's not a very good example of why the stadium's empty because I watched plenty of rivalry games today on TV, not the Illinois game. I'm guessing most of those were not 2-9 and nine teams, though. And well, those are that, also real rivalries. Auburn, Alabama well, is real. Okay, that's, that's a we're, real that's rivalry. That's why we're talking about this program because we're not a real program. That's the problem. And I'm a, yeah, the students are coming. The rest of the fans aren't coming either. And that, that's a problem throughout the season. No, well, and you're 100 percent right. Like I said, two wins this year is phenomenal. But we're we're talking about a program like we're actually a real program. We're not. And what I'm saying is, it's going to take Lovey Smith, like the caller said earlier to hopefully go 500. At what point do we say enough's enough and just, I mean, stop having shows like this because this is just people <laughs> complaining about a football game. This is not really solving a problem. We're not going anywhere. But don't you feel better after calling in and venting for a couple minutes, though? I mean, I, I kind of do. I come in here, and then I feel better when I get home. <laughs> Honestly, that's all I've got. All right. Hey, Josh, thanks, thanks for Josh. calling in. We got a full bank of callers here, and we're just going to keep on rolling because this ought to be good. Jim in Rockford. Hey, Jim. Hey, guys. How are you? Fantastic. Under the circumstances, not too bad. What's on your mind? Well, I guess in line with what was just discussed, and I'm not going to name the player's name, but this goes back to the Ron Turner era. There was a guy who played, and he was a try-hard guy. I'll never question his work ethic and his desire. But his name is always stuck in my head because he's that quintessential one or two star recruit that people will look at and say, Well, hey, when he's a senior, he's gonna be great. And this guy when he was a senior was as good as he was his freshman year. And my point in saying that is that when you're landing one and two star kids, chances are good they're gonna be one and two star kids, even their senior year. I don't care if they're eighteen or twenty three. And that's my fear with what I've seen these last two weeks, getting outscored 92 to, I think it was 21. It's one thing to say we're banged up and we're playing youth. But if the program is really developing, we should see improvement. Injuries be darned. 
and I know we've had our fair share of them. But these two weeks, and I granted the Ohio State, that's who they are, but let's not forget, Illinois was only a 14-point dog today, and it was a total lay-down effort, not just by the players. It ticks me off to no end when that idiot throws the flag back at the ref. Yeah, that goes back to that's showing inexcusable. There's, no, dis- there's inexcusable. No, discipline, no discipline in this team. It's, that was the issue with Zook, all the hot-headedness and the stupid penalties. Same thing we're seeing now, right? And here we go. We're, we can talk about these players all day long. Let's talk about Garrick McGee for an example. Three times in the first half, Illinois gets first down on the first play. They get seven or eight yards where they're looking at second and two. Now, the closest thing we have to a structured offense is our running game, especially with Cam is the quarterback. He can't throw. So Garrick throws on second down. Then he says, well, we only need two yards. We'll get it on third. And each time they get stuffed. That's the Garrick McGee offense. And, again, that was against Northwestern today with you know their record deceiving. They're a good team. But they're not a 9-3 and three team like Ohio State is. It's ridiculous to make that comparison. Yeah, so not. this is what we've got. And I keep hearing these people saying, well, we got injuries. We're playing youth. I'll tell you this much right now, guys. Six or eight games into the season next year, and if we're looking at three and four or two and five, whatever it is, he better be gone by the end of next year. Because if he's not, recruiting is going to continue to tank. My last comment, I'd love to know who in the heck are the recruiters on this staff. Last time I checked, based on, I think it was on Rivals, where we're averaging like 2.6. And I think 13th might be Rutgers or Maryland, and they're like at 2.74. We are dead last in recruiting. So I want to know how we've paid the third highest aggregate assistant coaching salary in the Big Ten, third out of 14, and we've got a suck-filled recruiting class coming in. So when are these guys going to do their jobs? I'm pissed off. All right, Jim, appreciate that. Thank you, as always, Jim and Rockford. Well, um, I'll agree with him on one point, that the recruiting has to pick up. The honeymoon period is over. I disagree that Lovey's going anywhere after next season. I think 2019 is when you can realistically say this team has to be performing or we're going to have to have some consequences. Well, I think the recruiting class is – I really don't pay attention to recruiting class rankings now. Um, even – now we have early signing day, which is great. I think that's a great rule change. December 20th through the 22nd, you got those three days where players can sign – and then you'll have a normal signing date in February, the late signing period now. I will then judge the recruiting class then. So many things happen on recruiting day. Players flip on, the, like they go to bed one night and they're going to, you know, Tennessee. The next morning they wake up, they're going somewhere else. It, it, it's just how it works. And so, so I, college football is really weird in recruiting. Basketball recruiting, most of the time kids, there isn't as much as committing and decommitting, and it, it happens. But football is just it's widespread. Guys will commit, and then they're still visiting other schools, like the, like the linebacker out of St. Louis. Like he's been to two or three games here this year. It's like a really good linebacker committed to Texas. Why is he still coming to games here? He hasn't for a, a couple of weeks, but he came to two or three games after he committed to Texas. Like, why are you doing weekend that? vacations? I don't. Know. I guess I don't know. And so I'm not judging the recruiting class now. I, I don't. I don't care what it looks like right now because you know kids haven't made their decisions yet. And we'll talk then, and if the recruiting class is still at the bottom of the Big Ten, that's not good. That will not be a good situation. Lovey's first recruiting class, that was a good one. And I like Bennett Williams. I like some of these freshman players. So I think they're not all one or two stars, the freshmen that are playing. I think, they're, I think we got some three stars, maybe some couple four stars eventually. But we'll see. 
We'll take a timeout. Alan Fisher, we come to you next on the Fasteners Etc. postgame show. It is third and goal at the fourth. 3.21 left in the first quarter. 13th play of the drive. Coming up for the Wildcats. Dorson with a shotgun with Jackson to his right. Three receivers left. Third and goal from the four. Here is Thorson. Sets it. Throws passes. Deflected. Intercepted by Bennett Williams. Williams with the interception and returns it to the 16-yard line. One of those guys you were talking about earlier, yep. Michael. Bennett Williams. That came in the first really quarter. Talented. Picked off Northwestern at the goal line. At that point, it was 7 to nothing. Illinois and the final today, 42-7. to Northwestern beats Illinois in the regular season finale. Illinois finishes the 2017 campaign at 2 and 10. This is the Fasteners Etc. postgame show on Light Rock 97.5. I'm Tim Dittman filling in for Scott Beatty. He's Michael Kaiser. You can reach us on the PNC Bank fan line, 356-9397. Castle Heating and Cooling text line, 3515357. On Twitter, use hashtag PNC Bank Illini. We go back to the PNC Bank fan line, and this is Al in Fisher. Go Bunnies, Al. What's up? Hey, how you doing, guys? Not bad. Yeah, I was at I was at the game today, and I've been a season ticket holder for over forty years. And I probably this is probably the most disgusted I've been. I agree with about everything that Jim from Rockford said. I don't care who they're playing twenty two freshmen. They shouldn't be playing this bad this time of year. And I've been critical of the coordinators all year long. And and if if anybody disagrees with that, they're looking through different glasses than I am. Uh, Garrett McGee is just stealing $800,000 a year. Uh, no reverses, no flea flickers, no creativity. I sat with a guy today that went to his first game this year who was a college official, and he said, man, they don't do much in offense, do they? I said, no, they don't. I said, it's been that way all year. You have nothing to lose, and yet we're out there playing. like you got to give a reason for people to come to the games. I looked at the Purdue game today, and they almost had a full house today. And... You know, that was Jeff Brom. And to people to say that we wouldn't win two more games no matter who's coming, that's baloney, guys. We were in the game with Rutgers, Minnesota, Indiana. Uh, there's another one I'm leaving out. You're going to tell me that no matter who coaches, we don't win those games? That's that's crap, guys. I don't uh, think you can guarantee they're going to win those games, crap. though. Why, I mean, that no was a player issue. That totally. was a, that's a player issue. It's a quarterback issue. I mean... well. This, I'm not defending the coordinators. I think uh, I think Eric McGee could have done some different things this season, but uh, you know, sorry to cut you off. But I mean, my, when you don't trust your players, you're not going to call too many things. And again, I, there, there could have been some reverses. There could have been some screen passes to the running back. I, I don't know why Illinois did not do more of that this season. Completely agree. Right. But you don't trust right. your quarterback so. to even. I don't know if they trust Cam Thomas to even do that right now. I, I honestly don't think right. they do. I mean, and I think that's the issue with play calling when he has a quarterback. And he's still in the play calling still isn't good. Then we can have that discussion. I don't care if we get beat thirty eight thirty five. At least it make it make it exciting for the fans. I mean, this has been the most boring year of Illinois football that I can remember. I can remember back to Ron Turner over eleven. It was a lot more exciting than this. <laughs> and this is I'm serious. I mean, this is ridiculous. I mean, what about Tim Beckman's first year? Was two and ten? That was awful. I mean, we we say this kind of it was it was awful. Yeah, it wasn't good, but. I'll tell you what, they should have kept Bell Cuba as offensive coordinator. I mean, he did understand a little bit of football, and he was a, a pretty darn good offensive mind. Uh, as long as this coaching staff's together, guys, I don't care if they're seniors. They're not going to get it done. I, I'm telling you, they're not going to get it done. And it's just a travesty 
that Kendrick Foster didn't get to play more today his last last senior day. I it's just that's just mind boggling to me. But yep, two anyway, carries, four that, yards. Uh, yeah, uh, unacceptable. So hey, Al, good stuff. Man. Good stuff, Al. Appreciate you calling in. That is Al and Fisher on the PNC Bank fan line. Castle Heating and Cooling text line. Bill in San Jose says, as a senior in high school, Cam Thomas's team was 2-8. and eight. I'm going to take him at his word there. I don't know that yeah, off the top of my head. Very, uh, actually, I think 1-8. and eight, I think I meant. Okay. But. Uh, why, uh, Bill continues on here, why would we expect anything else than what we saw from him as a freshman in the Big Ten? I I. I don't think anyone else was expecting anything big out of Cam Thomas. I don't think he even played Cam Thomas this year unless your hand is forced. I, I think with the, with the record, his high school record, that's not his fault. Uh, that's been well documented. Lauren Tate has been on the air many times and others in, in town. He had nothing on his team. Like I mean, he, there was, he was, the, he was the, the team. And so I'm not going to – I don't care what his high school record was. And so I, I think to look at his high school record and go, well, no wonder he's not any good. Uh, he may try not to be any good. But it has nothing to do with his high school record. When I've been told that he, I didn't watch any film on him, but I've, I've been told people who watched him this game that he was running for his life. And when you're running for your life all the time as a high school quarterback and you don't have a lot of talent around, you're not going to win very many games. 618 Texter, and I want to stress this is coming from a Texter, not us, says Jim is a total moron. Oh, come on, no name calling, folks. We come go on. back to the phones to our good buddy Steve in Peoria on the PNC Bank fan line. Steve, we're due for a pick me up. What do you have to say? Ooh, wee. Uh, let me see here. Uh, uh, I'll try, guys. This is going to be a struggle tonight. Uh, Give us your best line, shot. I, okay. My, you know, my line I go down today, you know, 42-7. to seven. Uh, My Beavers out in Oregon State are losing, what, 44-7 to seven in the first, still in the first half. So it hasn't been good for my football teams today. But uh, Kendrick Foster, thank you for the past two years. Gave me some good memories. 309 is very proud of you. Uh, my MVP this year, oh boy, Blake Hayes. Okay, that's the kind of year we had, but he had an outstanding year, so I have to give him the MVP. Um, as far as this year, you know, uh, we were playing, and I'm not trying to make excuses, the fact, boys against men, okay, uh, to win two games. I, I wish we would have won more. I thought we would, but we didn't, okay. Uh, it, it's over. Next year, though, okay, uh, no excuses about playing these freshmen. Hey, get in and develop them physically, mentally. Get them ready next year at sophomores, juniors, or whatever. Okay, uh, I expect a couple wins in the Big Ten next year. Uh, they have to. I'm sorry. Um, and as far you know, Coach Smith, you know, he says he's all in. Well, I'd be all in too if I was making 21 million dollars <laughs> over, over the contract. You know, it's easy for me. It's easy to say that, but. I want to see it. I don't want. I'm tired of them talking. Let's go to work, okay? Uh, but uh, that, that's the best I can do tonight, guys. Hey, I just want to thank you for having me on all football season. Hey, I love my Illini, and uh, hopefully, better days are are ahead. Thanks for having me on. Hey, Steve, bef- before you go, we've been asking people for their defining moments of the game. But since this is the last one of the year, do you have a Dick Van Dyke defining moment of the season? Well, okay, two things. First of all, our offense and, and defense could never get on the same page. One week, one would be good, and the other one would fall off, and then the following week would be vice versa. And maybe I'm being a little 
too critical. I don't know. I just don't think our player development was, was there overall this year. I mean, I saw some individuals improve somewhat, but I, I saw more stay the same or, in my eyes, even decline. So that, that, that's my defining moments. Hey, Steve, good to hear from you as always. Keep checking in on the uh, basketball postgame show, all right? Oh, man, you know we inside. Now it's time to roll. 6-0. and Big Test Tuesday. That is Steve in Peoria on the PNC Bank fan line. Always good to hear from Steve. Hi, this is Dennis Reekin, president of Dick Van Dyke Appliance World. It's time for our defensive moment of the game. Wow. Well, I don't know if you can go anywhere else but Northwestern on this one since Illinois didn't do a whole lot defensively. If you give up 42 points, I think that kind of bears it out in the uh, stat book. So uh, i got a lot of plays to choose from here. Let's go uh, with this one. Third and 11, Illinois from their own nine. Trailing 14-7, 10-20 left in the third. Cam Thomas in trouble. Down he goes inside the five. That ball may have come loose. The Wildcats have picked it up, and they've run it in for a touchdown. And that one at the time made it 20-7. Northwestern tacks on the extra point. 21-7. Northwestern goes on to win this ballgame 42-7. Michael, anything stick out defensively in your eyes? Um... Not a whole lot of positives. I, I think that, um, you know, Bennett Williams maybe, uh, I, I really like him, and uh, I think he's going to be really talented. He's a, I think he's a, a good find by this coaching staff. And, you know, the tip interception, uh, there's a lot of athleticism involved there, and he's had some good plays on several different occasions this season. Uh, I really like what he brings to the table. Um, I'm looking forward to... Um, even looking ahead here, not really happened today, but I'm looking ahead to guys like Bobby Roundtree, Larry Oladipo, and Kendrick Green, who did not play this season. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just that's what I'm looking forward to. But I think for the most part, they just they just didn't get the job done. They didn't get the running game stopped at all this season, which has been a problem for the last few years. And I, I think that you know there were guys that their defensive backs and safeties had a lot of tackles in a game i can't remember which game it was and lauren and i talked about it like the next week and your defensive backs and safeties better not have a lot of tackles because if they do that tells you something that means you're giving up a lot of yards and on the ground the offensive guys are reaching the second level exactly. yeah. yeah exactly yeah. if they're so. reaching the second level that's not a good thing and i think that happened too many times today that justin jackson 79 and a yard 79 and a half yard run is it just can't happen i mean he's a great back it just can't happen. The defense was fired up to start this game, and some things started to go against them, and I, I feel like they just kind of fell apart and probably wore down a little bit too. Time for a scoreboard update, Body and Soul Sports scoreboard. This is brought to you by Body and Soul Sports at Route 45 and Curtis Road in Savoy. Take a spin around the top 25 this go-around. Clemson leads South Carolina 20 to nothing with a couple of minutes left to go until the half. LSU leading Texas A&M also 20 to nothing in the second quarter. It's Notre Dame 7, Stanford 7 late in the first quarter. Washington leads Washington State 7 to nothing late in the first quarter. Finals today from the top 25, the Iron Bowl goes the way of Auburn 26 to 14, number 1. Number one, Alabama, is now 11-1 and on the season. It'll be very interesting when those college playoff rankings come out next week where everyone is going to go. Of course, with Miami going down, Wisconsin remaining unbeaten, and who knows uh, where Ohio State's going to shake out. And certainly, if they win the Big Ten championship game, they have a case, albeit it could be a small one, but they have a case to make the top four. Georgia beats Georgia Tech 38-7. It is Oklahoma State, no problem with Kansas. 
58-17. Memphis beats East Carolina 70-13. Fresno State beats number 23, Boise State 28-17. And that'll do it for top 25 action today. We'll take a timeout on the Fasteners Etc. postgame show. Still time for more of your calls, more of your texts, however you want to get in touch with us. We'll have our keys to the game, another defining moment of the game as well from Dick Van Dyke Appliance World. You've got Tim and Michael on a Saturday night here on Light Rock 97.5. Jackson is the back. Let's see what they do here. First and goal from the one. And this time, Jackson is in. Touchdown, Northwestern. Put the points back on the board. He gets a 79-yard gain and then a one-yard touchdown run. Justin Jackson today. You knew he was going to have a big day, and he did. 18 carries, 144 yards, one touchdown. You just heard there. Set up by a long run of 79 yards. Second Big Ten player to have 1,000 rush yards in four straight seasons. Ron Dane was the other one, certainly in good company there. Northwestern wins this ballgame 42-7. Illinois finishes the 2017 campaign. Lovey ball year number two at 2-10. Two and 10. This is the Fasteners Etc. postgame show on Night Rock 97.5 WHMS Champaign-Urbana. I'm Tim Dittman filling in for Scott Beatty. Michael Kaiser is alongside. Thanks to Evan Kahn, Blake Landa, and Allie Adams helping us out behind the scenes. The Time Connors. now. Yeah, absolutely. Evan the Connors. He, he is He's really stepped up this year as our game day producer. Alright, it's time now for our keys to the game. These are brought to you by Hickory Point Bank in Champaign. The unlimited value of the right team. One banking expert will steer you in the right direction. A whole team of them will take you to your destination. Hickory Point Bank Invested. Also brought to you by the Pella Window Store in Champaign. Michael, I will give you the first word. Well, I, th- I think the keys to the game were really, you know, prior to the game, effort was the thing that Kerry Davis told me in the pregame show. He just wanted to see effort today and I think early on you saw that I think you saw a lot of effort uh, from the defense they were fired up and they were getting stops and because Northwestern is not a high powered offense they put up 42 points but they're just not and I think if you if they go against a good defense they're not going to put up 42 points on a regular basis Minnesota you know gave up 39 to them last week but I think effort just kind of waned as the game went along and I think the offense just kept making mistakes that they could not make it and going to be successful. I'm still baffled by the, it was like third and one and then it'd be in fourth and two and then they got like a yard back. I'm like, guys, get, get two yards here. Let's keep this drive going. I think just the lack of ability to sustain drives after that one, that one for 12 plays, 69 yards, seven nothing Illinois. I'm like, all right, I, I feel like the offense might have found something here. And then that was it for the rest of the game. Uh, they need to go back. So that, that was kind of my thing was just, just continue to find ways to move the football, and they and they just failed to do that today. I'm glad you brought up the simplicity, and this is not a knock on Northwestern, but by Pat Fitzgerald's own admission, it is a simplistic Northwestern offense. And this was a quote I found earlier in the week. This is from Pat Fitzgerald. We're not a sexy scheme team. We don't do a million things, but what we do fundamentally gives us an edge. I just love that quote. I knew I had to work that in at some point. Those are our keys to the game. Brought to you by Hickory Point Bank in Champaign and also the Pella Window Store in Champaign. For all of your window and door needs, visit the Pella Window Store on Country Fair Drive or visit PellaOfChampaign.com. More coming up on the Fasteners Etc. postgame show. (laughs) 
third and seven from the Illinois 47 for Northwestern. Thorson in the gun. Play action. Under pressure. And they've got him. The Illini sack him. Back around the 45 of Northwestern. Clayton Thorson sacked a couple of times today. He goes 13 of 21. One pick, one touchdown, 140 yards. He had a long pass of 52 yards. Northwestern beats Illinois 42 to 7 today. Illinois finishes the 2017 campaign at 2 and 10. This is the Fasteners Etc. Post Game Show on Light Rock 97.5. We've got Fighting Illini Volleyball on our AM side. Regular season finale against Ohio State. Best of luck to Chris Thomas and crew. But for now, you got Tim and Michael here on the postgame show. Castle Heating and Cooling text line is 3515357. That's where we find CJ, who says the flag-throwing incident showed a real lack of respect for the coach and staff more so than the official. I don't know what he really is going for there. But either way, what Tito did was completely unacceptable. He lost his cool, and you just you can't do that. I've watched a lot of football at all levels in my life, and I don't think I've ever seen a player pick up a flag and throw it at the official. Now, it wasn't like, you know, baseball. I, I think it was more like an underhand toss back at it, so it wasn't like throwing it like a pitcher. But it's like regardless, um, when you pick it up, doesn't it cross your mind before you throw it? that that's not going to be okay. Like, think before you act. And I realize there's a lot of frustrating moments. I wasn't down on the field in the trenches of those guys. There was a, It was really frustrating, and there was some chipping going on back and forth, some chirping and some pushing and shoving on both sides. And it got really heated. Kerry said that on the broadcast. I don't care how mad you are. If there is, a, if, if I'm Lovey Smith and there was a game next week, he wouldn't play. I agree with you on that. Uh, it, it was just like, what are you doing? You know, go onto the sideline, go under the medical tent, and punch a punching bag if you need to get some frustration. Yeah, throw out. your helmet off of something. You know, I mean, just don't throw the flag at the official. There was already six flags in the field from the, you know, unsportsmanlike yeah. conduct from both teams, and then you added another one. Uh, it was just like. What just happened? Thanks for checking in, CJ, on the Castle Heating and Cooling text line. You can hit us up on Twitter, too. Use the hashtag PNCBankAlini. Hi, this is Dennis Reekin, president of Dick Van Dyke Appliance World. It's time for our special teams moment of the game. Wow. Well, if you want to look at a special teams, not necessarily moment of the game, how about moment of the season? Again, we talk about this week in and week out, and I got to think some callers and and some listeners are probably tired of hearing about it by now, but quite frankly, I really don't care because Blake Hayes is the MVP of the season. Blake Hayes highlights over and over. Well, here we go. I'm going to grant your wish. Here's Hayes trying to pin Northwestern deep, bounces it out of bounds at the two-yard line. How do you like that? What a punch. Wow. He's been doing that all year. Blake Hayes today, nine punts, 393 yards, averaging 43 a kick, along of 52, three of them inside the 20, including the one you heard just there. I mean, the one today uh, that you just played, if you just watch it, like, it just hits and then turns toward the out of bounds. Like, it's almost like the ball, his ball, you know, when he kicks it, it just bounces the way he just has something... I don't know, some kind of psychic thing with the ball. He just did it over and over and over again. It's, I mean, you can't say this enough. This guy didn't play American football ever, like ever. And he comes in and punts, and he's amazing at it. In an ideal world, he'd have minimal stats, but when he was called upon this year, he did his job and then some. I don't think I could punt a ball 
15 yards, let alone average 40-some again. When I've, you know, I can't do anything with a football, but, jeez, that's a – I mean, he's easily the MVP of the team. Hats off to Blake Hayes. All right, we owe you one final look at our Body and Soul Sports scoreboard. This is brought to you by Body and Soul Sports at Route 45 and Curtis Road in Savoy. In case you missed it, we'll run down the Big Ten scores for you one more time. Wisconsin remains unbeaten at 12-0. They run the table in the regular season 31 to nothing today over Minnesota. Minnesota will be staying home. They finish at 5-7, one game shy of bowl eligibility. But he got a contract extension. What is that? He's been there one season, and he got a one-year extension well, on his contract, and they didn't make a bowl game. What is that? Whether you love it or hate it, in the world of college athletics, that happens. When coaches have a season that is good or maybe exceeds expectations, they want to lock him up. And we saw that with John Gross in his first year here, and look how John Gross yeah, they, turned out. But they made the NCAA tournament. But he made the postseason. Like, P.J. Flex has been there a year, and his contract goes through, like, 2023 now. I believe that's correct, So yes. it's not like it's up anytime soon. I, I'm just, I don't know, the P.J. effect. Yeah. So They must like him up there. I like him as a coach. Oh, yeah. I do, too. I just, like, I couldn't believe it. Like, wh- where's Tim Dittman's contract extension? That's what I need to see. That's actually. I need a contract first, <laughs> and then a contract extension. Yeah, I think we're on the same boat there. In the big house today, the game goes the way of the Ohio State Buckeyes, 21-20 to over Michigan. Ohio State at 10-2. and Still an outside shot at the college football playoff. They've got Wisconsin in the Big Ten title game next week. Michigan ends the regular season at 8-4. and four. Penn State, no problem with Maryland. 66 to 3 is that final. Penn State will go to a nice bowl game at 10 and 2. Maryland stays home at 4 and 8. Michigan State beats Rutgers today 40 to 7. Spartans at 9 and 3. Rutgers finishes the season at 4 and 8. In the battle, I think it's for the old Oaken Bucket, right? Purdue yes, and uh, Indiana. Correct. Boilermakers win there 31 to 24. Purdue will go to a bowl at 6 and 6. IU will stay home at 5 and 7. Jeff Brom in his first year at the helm will play in the postseason. Iowa beats Nebraska. That was the last night, 56 to 14. Iowa at 7 and 5. Nebraska finishes at 4 and 8, and Mike Riley gets the hook. That's our Body and Soul Sports scoreboard. They are on Route 45 and Curtis Road in Savoy. Back to wrap it up, wrap it up on the Fasteners Etc. postgame show after this. Here's the kickoff. Back to get it is Dre Brown. Runs it up to the 10, to the 15, to the 20. Still on his feet, 25, 30. Brown still going 40, 50, and they trip him up by his shoelace at midfield, or he might have been gone. I thought to myself, do I play Dre Brown again or do I go with a different highlight? But, Michael, you brought up a good point. Dre Brown's been through a lot. He had a great game against yep. Ohio State and today, so why not feature him again? Yeah, um, he what well, he has been through injury-wise, the two knee injuries, the same timeline as Mikey Dudek, to go through what he went through and to be able to contribute the way he contributed at the end of the season. Um, he wasn't fully ready at the beginning of the year. That's why he didn't play much at the beginning of the year. And he just got little spot. Uh, play here and there, but then started returning kicks, and he did a fantastic job at that. And today, especially that one, the 50-yard return, if if they did not trip him up, uh, he's gone. And it's a touchdown, and that would have been an amazing moment for him. Uh, But I know a lot of people are absolutely thrilled for Dre Brown, and it's it's unfortunate Mikey Dudek had his injuries issues and missed uh, the last several games of this season, but thankfully it wasn't structural things with his knees, and, and I think that's the so hopefully wish him a full season of health next year. Final moments here of the Fasteners, etc. post-game show for the 2017 football season. Castle Heating and Cooling text line 618-TEXTER. 
chiming in on the throwing of the flag situation, saying, I have no problem with pushing back on authority if you think you've been wronged when the game is not in doubt. I just think there's a line you can't cross, and I think Tito crossed it. I think he leaped over that line by about 12 miles. Uh, You can challenge authority. You can question calls. But what you can't do, it's like with your parents. If your parents, you know, are grounding you or doing something, you you can't throw a pillow at their face. That's not going to end well for you. Now, Tim, you may have done something like that. I'm not sure. No, never. No, I'll call your mom and ask her about it. But it's you can't do that. If Lovey is disciplining you in practice, you can't throw your pads at him. I mean, it's I mean, it's different than a flag. I get that. But my point is, like, you just can't do that. You're not in a position of authority. Therefore. You can argue with the officials. It's you're not. He's not going to change the call, so it's always a waste of time. That's why I hate watching the NBA sometimes because those guys just argue every single call. I'm like they're not going to change it. Like what are you doing? Like and I just so yeah, I have a problem with what he did, a, a tremendous problem with what he did, and I really hope I never see that again because I think it's the first time I've ever seen that. Illinois loses today to Northwestern, forty-two to seven. Finishes the twenty seventeen campaign at two and ten. Year two of. Lovey Smith. Well, Michael, let's put a button on this one. Uh, thoughts on the season? Look ahead to next year. I'm still going to stand by my comment. I think Illinois underperformed this year, and that is with the wide lens of looking at all the freshmen and all the injuries. I still think we could have seen more from this team this season. I'm looking for more next year. I'm really looking for 2019 as the year this team takes a leap. I don't think Lovey Smith is going anywhere no. anytime soon. I agree with some of our callers that I think the honeymoon period for recruiting is about over because he's not going to win a whole lot more games with the guys that are that are coming in right now. But I, I know a lot of Illini fans are ready to jump off the cliff, but rebuilds in football take longer than they do in basketball. Absolutely. This was Lovey year one with his recruits. If in 2018 and 2019, especially 2019, if Illinois is still losing games the way they lost games this year, that's when I think you can legitimately say, all right, there needs to be some big changes here. But for now, I think you just have to take Lovey at his word that he's in this for the long haul. Yeah, I I think you absolutely do. And again, Lovey's first recruiting class was the guys that are playing right now. That class was ranked in in the range of various recruiting services between 35 and 45 range. I haven't looked it up in a long, long time because it doesn't matter anymore. They're actually playing now. Um, So his first recruiting class, which I will remind people, he didn't start recruiting with a staff until basically April. And so he had from April until February when everybody else has been talking to those same kids for two or three years. So to be at that level of recruiting rankings when you only had that time period is amazing. It's impressive. Lovey Smith is getting the coaching staff indoors that they weren't getting in before. And I think that is a good sign. I think, and I, I expect, I do expect, no matter what the recruiting services say right now about the upcoming recruiting class, I, I'm confident that it's going to be another good recruiting class. It doesn't look good right now, but it also people need to re- remember this recruiting class doesn't need to be a huge one, and I th- and because they don't have a lot of roster spots available, they had nine seniors. And the injuries, I know people get tired of hearing this, but when you only have 50-some, 58, 59 scholarship players in football, you're in a world of trouble. And you're playing a bunch of freshmen, 16 uh, starters, and then you're playing 30 first-time starters no matter what class level. You're not going to win a lot of games because those guys have not seen significant action at this level. And so I think you're going to have to wait and see 
I think even when these guys are sophomore, they're still going to be learning. I think when they're juniors, if Bennett Williams isn't a star when he's a junior, then it didn't work out. Uh, I expect him to be a superstar in the defensive backfield. I think he's going to be. I think he's a great, um, you know, read on the ball. I think he just he plays really well. He'll make some mistakes as he's learning, but that play on the tipped interception, that's athleticism and that's instinct. And I can't tell you in the last few years who on you know there's tipped interceptions happen all the time like sure. on the screen. That, those, but this is different. This is a guy who is athletic and he has instincts and he went to the ball and tipped it to himself and picked it off at the goal line. I mean that that's I mean that's a, an amazing play and he's not the only one that. So I'm anxious to see these guys at the end of next season, see how much they've grown. If they haven't grown a lot, then I'm going to start having some concerns. If Northwestern beats Illinois 42-7 to again the last game of next year, I'm going to be really worried. And I, and if the recruiting class is, stays at the bottom of the Big Ten, I'm going to be worried uh, because that's what matters. But 2019 is the year that this has the ship has to turn around. It has to. You have to win seven or eight games that year. I don't care what your schedule is. I don't, we're not going to take the time to look it up. They have to win seven or eight games that year. They just have to. And I think you build from there, and you hope to get where you're winning seven or eight games. Out of a 10-year stretch, you hope to do that you know, seven times, for instance. And I think that's a realistic goal, even though it hasn't been there. But you just got to build this program. It's going to take a really long time. What Lovey Smith took over was a mess mm-hmm. and because of Tim Beckman. And, you know, and Tim Beckman was really nice to me and a really nice guy, but it just he just was in over his head a little bit here. Well, he, I mean, let's be real. He was fired because he mistreated players. Yeah, but he was also in over his head and just, in, you know, putting together a roster, too many junior college players and, it, and who didn't work. And some of them did. Carol Phillips, that worked out. I mean, he was a great player. Uh, and so some junior college kids work out. But you, if you're going to rely on them for, you know, it's good to fill holes. You, sometimes you got to do that to fill some holes. And I think um, that's just, you know, anyway, I, I just, I think I'm disappointed. I expected a better performance by the end of the season. I expected maybe another win or two. Um, I'm disappointed it's only two, but I don't think this is a regression. I think this is the start of something. And it's not because I'm being optimistic. It's because I think this is legit the start of something because I think there's a lot of talented freshman players. I don't think, like Jim said, they're one and two stars. I just don't. Kendrick Green is not a one or two star. He's a four star. He did not play this year. He's going to be a redshirt freshman next year. He's going to make mistakes. I think when he's a redshirt sophomore and he's playing a lot, I think he's going to be really good. Reminder, Iowa, I thought Iowa was going to get him. He's out of Peoria. I thought Iowa had him. Illinois got him. Illinois winning recruiting battles. MJ Rivers was playing at the close close out on this. Uh, he's a really good quarterback who's putting up some gaudy numbers in a very high level in Texas high school football. It's a real deal down there. And playoffs, playoff games he's doing this. He was at a smaller school last year and did really well. He moved up with the big boys this year and is doing really well. And will it translate? I don't know. He's going to be a freshman next year. So, again, if I don't know if he's going to start. I don't know if Cam Thomas is going to start. I don't know if Corin Taylor's going to start. I have no idea who's going to start. But MJ Rivers, I think, could be really, really good. And so I think fans just need to take a step back, and I'll close with this. This is really year one for Lovey that we just completed. It's not year two. Year Last year didn't count. This is really year one. Football rebuilds, as you just said, takes a really long time. 
So fans are just going to have to go tailgating and just enjoy that and, and, and whatever else you want to do. Whatever you want to do to stomach it, glug, glug, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, just uh, whatever. But I think, 20, I think next year will be better because of the schedule in terms of competitiveness. Um, Penn State's the hardest game on that schedule next year. And then 2019, that's what I want to see. I don't want to skip a season, but I'm anxious for 2019. Good stuff. That's going to do it for us here on the Fasteners Etc. post-game show. We have a lot of people that we need to thank. Of course, Michael, thanks for all your work today and all season. Thank you. Scott Beatty, who runs the ship for these games. We appreciate him. He got a much-deserved uh, day off from working the broadcast today. Behind the scenes today, we had Allie Adams, Blake Landa, and Evan Kahn. Evan Kahn doing the bulk of the production work behind the scenes this year for Fighting Illini game day. Ed Bond is our chief engineer. Jim Lewis, our operations manager. Mike Hale is our general manager. Hey, you know, regardless of the outcomes, we enjoy talking to you guys. We enjoy interacting. It's heated sometimes. Sometimes it's funny. But it's all about hearing from the fans on these post-game shows. And you guys have been great. I've had a lot of fun year in and year out on these shows. And we look forward to doing it again next year for football and continuing it this year for basketball. So with that, we'll sign off for the 2017 football season of the Fasteners Etc. postgame show. Again, the final today, 42-7, Northwestern beats Illinois. Illinois finishes 2-10, year two of Lovey Smith. The preceding program was an exclusive sports presentation of News Talk 1400 and Light Rock 97.5 News Gazette Media Stations.